0: Stephen Sandy, WTM Janelle, is the show you should be listening to, especially today. My goodness. This guy's everywhere, everything in Milwaukee. Greg Marka, can you hear us okay? Yeah, you good? Oh, yeah. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you. Yeah. Yeah. I remember last time we did it on Capitol Drive, Old Radio City, different location.
1: Yes, that's the word I've known for
0: ever. <laughs> I actually started actually just heading there on the way oh, this morning. You? Yes, yeah. <laughs> so we we're gonna start with movies. I mean, th- this is this is the weekend, right? for for this summer. Whew. Oh yes. Barbie
2: oh, Oppenheimer. We, I would say we have a new word for it even, Barbenheimer.
0: Barbenheimer, <laughs> yes. We are big fans of Barbenheimer. So I made up my show poll today just asking people what are they going to go see. So I just uh, the obvious ones, Barbie Oppenheimer. I put Dead Reckoning 1 in there because Cruz is Cruz. Absolutely. And um, that was the guy that was supposed to save summer. Maybe Oppenheimer and Barbie are, are the savers of summer. We'll get to that as the guy who puts all of this out there for us the, the the theaters the presentation the great seats the great food all the great popcorn that we have come to love last time he came in greg brought me a bag of popcorn i took it to a family party we had every kind of sausage and food you know what was popular with the kids that bag of popcorn greg <laughs> They were dipping their cups in that thing all afternoon. There's
2: nothing like movie theater popcorn. It's unbelievable. Period.
0: It's
1: unbelievable. I think I know where I can find another one. You might find <laughs> yeah. one. might show up there. <laughs>
0: okay, I love that. So as the guy who puts this all together, how excited are you for this weekend?
1: Oh, I'm very excited. I wouldn't say that we're that we're saving summer, but it certainly is. A, puts, a, puts an exclamation point on summer. You know, summer summer for, summer started early. You know, Mario Brothers started, you know, in, in really late spring or late spring period, and it blew the doors out. Couldn't believe it. We were very surprised. There's an old saying in the movie business that every movie is R&D except for a sequel. You just never know. And even the sequels these days, you never know how they're going to do until they open. And... Uh, it was it was so Super Mario was great so some movies really worked fantastically you know Spider Man the Into the Spider Verse it was that was a that was a great movie and did fantastically you know there were some other movies they should remain nameless that, uh, <laughs> that 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 didn't perform as we expected but still performed pretty well and so you know for us it's a business not of individual movies but of the collective but I'm gonna tell you having Barbie and Oppenheimer following Dead Reckoning last week I mean we're, we're having a we're, there's a lot of where there's going to be a shortage of popcorn seed. Oh wow! No, I'm I mean, kidding. <laughs> you never run out of popcorn. Scared no, him. We don't. Yeah, no. I was like, oh, oh they will be in the paper tomorrow. There's a shortage of popcorn seed. <laughs> no, no, no. There's
2: there's plenty for you. Just the, just talking about it makes me smell it. But the Marcus theaters do something that I love. I love a theme party. So when Downton Abbey came out, I went to one of those big Downton Abbey hat party extravaganzas. And last night. Was I was tempted to go was the big Barbie extravaganza.
1: Oh, I, I, you know, I saw the pictures from it last night. It was, it was great. Actually, it is something we do, and I think we're pretty good at it. We call it showmanship in the business. And, uh, we actually had to talk, uh, Warner Brothers into letting us, uh, have extra prints to have these parties. And so we went all out. I mean, there was a, I saw a picture from the Majestic in Brookfield where we had a like a Barbie box like with the clear plastic, yeah, but it was life size. You could stand yeah. inside of it. And I it saw was...
0: people tweeting out those pictures last
1: night. Yeah, it was great. People had a great time. But I got to take umbrage with I think it was Eric, and the, but I don't want to blame him because I don't know who was talking in the in, in the show right before you guys came on, and he was talking about we says you know Oppenheimer's got great reviews. Barbie's mixed. No, Barbie's really getting great reviews. Is Oppen- are Oppenheimer's reviews a little bit better. Yeah, but it's like an A+ plus for Oppenheimer and an A for Barbie. I mean, it's uh it's metacritic must see Barbie is. It's uh 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. The users I mean, it's the, both those movies are absolute must-sees.
0: Is it is it by plan that they both came out the same weekend because that seems like sort of a different two very different movies. Oh, yeah, well, I think actually that was the thought. You know, a little bit of counter programming.
1: You know that they want they want you know, you, get, you know want to get in earlier you know they don't want to get too later too much later in the summer you start running out of runway so to speak and they figured they were counter programming I don't think that they I don't think anybody thought oh yeah this is going to be the movie that the people want to see both but I know I do and I'm hearing from so many people and we've sold a bunch of tickets for both that we have a Barbenheimer we have a, a Barbenheimer passport and you can <laughs> buy a passport that gets you into both. And it gets you uh, a, uh, a a free pink um, cotton candy for when you go see Barbie. And it gives you a uh, uh, some Cheetos when you go, so, like some Flamin' Hots when you go see... uh
2: That's clever. Go see Hot cheese. Very clever. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, wondered yeah. what you tie into an Oppenheimer movie. It's yeah. a dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so with this, this
0: big weekend, I, I, this is a question I've asked you before. You know, you and I started talking around the pandemic. You know, we were talking about that impact, which was significant on not just the theater business, but everything. And you've rebounded nicely. But are we are we back back? Or are we still kind of figuring things out? Uh, we're not back back yet.
1: Um, we're, we're definitely it's not existential anymore. We're not we're not wondering. I'll tell you, it was an interesting story. I because uh, the depths of the pandemic are pretty scary. We've never we've never all been closed before and you'll uh, let me tell you where we are. Hotels are back; those are back. We're back to where we were. We had a record year last year. The theaters, we—it's all dependent. Where I said, you know, it's—we don't know what's going to work. It all comes down to the number of releases. Somewhere around 125 releases a year. You know, that's our—that's really our sweet spot. And and if you just do less, once you get to more than that, I'm not sure that you're going to get the numbers as much. But but below that. The less films we have, so like last year in 22, we had sixty five percent of the number of, of typical releases and we did sixty five percent of the box office. Now for us, you know, someone's gotta show up and they've gotta pop the popcorn and turn on the lights and we've gotta plow the parking lots in winter and turn on the air conditioning in the summer and have someone there to take the tickets, whether one person shows up or a thousand people show up. And so that means it's a high fixed cost business. Our last customers are really our most profitable. So when we, when we lose those customers for us, that's challenging. But so this year we're up over 22 and about, I think about 15 to 20%. And, uh you know we we will we continue will continue to grow part of it's just the number of films and getting them through post-production and getting them done and the pandemic put a lag into everything and having less people but the part of the story i'm going to tell you this one's interesting story so in the pandemic we were you know it was there were some very nerve-wracking periods and in the spring i went to go ring the bell at the new york stock exchange and if someone who has asked me and said hey you know we have a we have a we, we support not our company, but someone said we support Child Abuse Prevention Month. We'd like to ring the bell at the stock exchange to be promoting it. Would you go in and be a part of, of uh of that and and sponsor us because you're a New York stock exchange company and you have to have a sponsor company to mm-hmm. go do this? Sure. Now I had so much going on, I wasn't even thinking about it, and, and I'd rung the bell before and I, I just sort of it just came up upon me. I get there and all of a sudden, I'm standing there, and I'm getting emotional because I'm thinking, wow, okay, it's not existential. I'm not worried about our existence. We, we, we're back. We're coming back. The business is coming back. I didn't realize how meaningful it would be to ring that bell, and it really was, and it was a special moment, And so I'm glad I get to talk about it.
2: Well, that's a big deal at your level, being a president and CEO of the Marcus Corporation, for you to experience that right. I think a lot of us think, oh, when you're at that high level, you're not, quote, on the front lines, And you're not you're not doing the work on that level. But you don't realize when you muscle through and you create those strategic plans to get through such a a challenging time in the pandemic, not just for movie theaters, but for the hospitality business and all the other layers of what you do. It's interesting that you just felt this relief, this real emotional because you just put your head down and do it. And I know that you Mm -hmm. have employees counting on you like all that weight. So to experience that moment as you look out, that's really interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would say it was when we were in the depth of it. I mean, yeah, you're right. You just plow your head for you. You, you, you maintain a positive attitude. You know, we knew we talked about it. It's the things we're seeing right now. I, you know, and I say I was the, you know, the, you know, the word, uh, you know, Shod and fried taking pleasure in the misery of others. I said, I was the poster child for Shod and fried for everyone that wanted to hear what was going on during the pandemic. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, we're okay. But I think they were like, you're in a worse place than we are. But, uh, the, uh, the, you know, you just, you, but you, but yeah, it's, it's, you, you know, there were some nerve wracking times during that. You just had to, you know, you have, if you're human, you wonder. And so I, I didn't, I didn't really think about it much after we sort of got through it. And, but when I was sitting there and I was like, okay, this is cool. I wasn't worried or I wasn't sitting there in the middle of it thinking, when am I going to ring the stock exchange bell again? But when I got there, cause that's the symbol of capitalism, right? It's that's ringing that bell. And yeah, it, it was cool.
2: Can you tell us how grim it, ever really got during the pandemic were you what kind of serious decisions you were possibly facing you know
1: uh look at it. we had this the grimmest part was laying lots of people off again i always had this core belief and i swear i would refer to it but i didn't actually finish my thought which was people want to be together they want to experience. Look at what we're doing today. We're here today because we're having a Barbenheimer weekend. Right. Everybody <laughs> is into Barbenheimer. Everybody's into Barbie. You know, uh, you know the all this is going. Everyone wants to see Oppenheimer. You know, the sound, Oh, the, the the sound of freedom has been a huge movie. And, yeah. and people surprisingly, in oh, some ways, in <laughs> a pretty much every <laughs> single way you could imagine. <laughs> Except for people that made it, I'm sure those knew it was going to be huge. But yeah. uh, you know, we've had so many. We've had. We, People want to experience things together. And I help I have was core to that. That was I was that was my core belief. And I said it a million times during the pandemic. I said, look it, we don't have a lot of debt, which was true. That's our, our company. We don't carry a lot of debt. And so in the end I know we're gonna be okay and I believe that in my heart. But again, you've got to be human, and so you you start you've even you got to have a moment of thinking. Okay, well, I I know I'm saying this, but I but I but I so I, I believe it, and and we're here.
0: He is Greg Marcus, president and CEO of the Marcus Corp, and uh, Barbenheimer Weekend, as we're talking about. We're going to talk about a lot of other things too. Apparently, you're a TikTok star now. I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> so last night. How did it, we'll get to how that happened. Did you I, actually see it? I'm not on TikTok. Okay, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so there's, there's some drama behind all of this, is there? Well. I I, t- I take solace in the fact that really <laughs> doesn't, no one above 17 actually sees what they have me do. All right. Well, if you've seen this TikTok production from Greg Marcus, you can certainly hit us up on the old National Bank Talking Text Line. Let us know what we're missing, 855-616-1620. He's our guest for the whole hour. I want to ask you, think about this during the break. As tough as that got, and I don't want to overfocus on the pandemic because we got some great things happening in, in cinema and all your other ventures, but I have this saying that I love. Adversity creates opportunity. What you took away from that pandemic and how it made your process, your movie work better, we'll discuss that with our guest Greg Marcus after this on WTMJ now. Hi Barbie. Hi Ken.
2: Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie. Hi Barbie.
0: I'm I'm not like I don't. I could care less about Barbies, but it looks funny to me. That's my takeaway, Greg. It, looked, it just it looks and sounds funny. It, that's what I've heard. It, 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 I think it works on multiple levels,
1: which is why it's going to be so popular. It's, I think kids really enjoy it. I, I haven't seen it yet. I, I like to go to the theater. I think we talked about this last time. I don't.
0: I could see them early, but I don't. I'd like to go to the theater and watch them with everybody else. Do you just sneak in and just have your popcorn and watch movies like you don't own the theater? <laughs> <laughs> well, the part where I don't pay. <laughs> that is different, yes. So I, I don't want to focus on the negative, but I do want to ask you, so... Basically, what did the pandemic teach you about the movie business? Like, how to, how to do it, how to be better at it? Um, You know, what it taught me
1: was what great people we have. I mean, if, if I didn't know that and I did that, you know, we've had a saying around our company that my grandfather started. People are our most important asset, and we try our best to treat them that way. And sometimes we mess it up. I, when some, I'm sure someone will say, oh, yeah, you, you're yeah right, sure. But uh, for the most part, you know, we've had, Thousands and thousands of employees for the years. And we try to do the right thing. We try to take care of them. We try to be respectful and to, and to treat them like our most important asset. But the resilience of of what we went through and seeing them. Now, the one thing, the decision that we made that really has been interesting is I've seen it. Look, at hiring people, we all know that the, that the labor markets are extremely tight. And it's hard for us, too. But we had an advantage, I think, in that we did this calculus. Let me tell you the worst calculus you can possibly come up with, which was... When we got the chance to be open again, we made this decision that if if we could just lose as much or less money being cl- open than closed. Wow! Because remember, closed we don't have, we don't have nobody that we're paying. We have nothing that's going on. All we do is sort of pay the you know the whatever the basic stuff to keep the building in shape. But when we start to open up, there's those additional costs, yet there wasn't, there wasn't much product. And they weren't, because they, Hollywood didn't want to release product to having with not many people showing up. So we sort of did the math and said, well, if we can just get enough in to cover that basic cost, then we're going to be open. And that's if we can do it safely. We want to do it safely because we wanted to be able to give people who wanted to be there. We didn't make anybody come back, but people that wanted to come back, we wanted to give them jobs. We wanted to feel the momentum ourselves of the business being open. And I think in the end, that really was a benefit to us. Not intentionally, but our teams were still together. And so when we got really back to the point of reopening and being robust in business back to a level of normal like we're seeing now, we had a leg up. And that's not just true here. It was true in our hotels. True in our restaurants, you know, we have all the, my, my brother runs our uh, Benson's Restaurant Group. We just have a new one I should talk about. Then the Edison down in the Third Ward, we just we just opened up. It's very popular. But whether it's the Edison or Onesto or Bridgewater or uh, Bombers or uh, Smoke Shack or, or Blue Bat, I think I've just named them all. He'll be very <laughs> happy with me. Uh, those teams we held together, and we, we took the same approach. If we can just not lose more money being open, we're opening. And that really gave us a leg up on everybody.
0: Does the, um, and this is the reality that I don't know enough about your business, the pre-purchase of tickets versus the way it used to be, just walked up to the theater, has that changed the dynamics of, of being in the theater business? I mean, how, like, what percentages, do, do people still walk up? Does that happen? Uh,
1: yeah, but we do have a significant that pre-purchase, and, you know, it it, it is... Look at it. it's it's it's, for, and it's it's better for the customer because they can see where they're going to sit and they 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 know you know it's like the dome it's like the roof at Miller Park you know it or it's not whoops AmFam <laughs> Field sorry about that American <laughs> Family uh, the roof at AmFam the you know, you know you're going to go to a game you know you know where you're going to sit so that's you know in the end being customer focused I think is good you know what what you used to get on walk up but we didn't see and uh, is this uh this concept that, you know, you'd come and you'd go, let's say you want, so you say, I want to see Barbie tonight and she'd go and, oh man, Barbie sold out. Well, let's go take a chance on, you know, the, on the, you know, the sound of freedom. Let's go see that. Right. Let's go see dead reckoning. It's there you know, let's go see what else is available. You don't get that as
2: much. Hmm. So,
1: uh,
2: but I'd even forgotten about that experience, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's like you used to, yeah, take your chances and try and get there early so that way you can get a seat where you wanted to. That's all changed and evolved in the past decade 15 years where you really can select your seat and know exactly which now you can pre-order your concessions in advance all of that yeah no no deliver it to your seats really just parking lot to to theater seat yeah. yeah yeah no that's it it's it was a different experience the, the whole yeah. you know,
1: look at we have to we always you know we always are changing and we're all i'll tell you the one thing that we see it so this is really interesting I don't know if it's the cost of real estate, but the theaters, in, except for on the coast, on the coast where the real estate expenses are so high, their theaters don't represent what we see in the rest of the country. We've got these great theaters with all these great experiences, with great food and beverage. It's not just us; other operators do it similarly. But on the coasts, and we always hear, you know, you know, the media—not this media, but the media—sort of that, that's based in the entertainment hubs. Is you know, the theaters never really—they aren't growing, they aren't changing. I'm like, yeah, because your theaters aren't. But the but the other 98 percent of the planet. We're getting great theaters and great experiences. And so that's, you know, it's good for us.
2: Can I ask you a business question about the writers and actors strike? Since you are dealing in business at this high level, do you know the time frame where it might affect how long this strike goes on? When does it affect the releases for next year? Because you were talking about 125 releases is really kind of the sweet spot. Yeah. Do you think that could be reduced next year?
1: Uh, You know, there's a possibility. You know, it is... Uh, it, it impacts us actually in two ways long term look at if this go, if they can resolve this you know in the next few weeks or so or the month i'm guessing they'll make a lot of that up in post-production they'll, they'll sort of they can pick that they'll pick that slack up in probably a way that we couldn't Post-pandemic, because there was so much stuff being made—not just for movies, but for all the streamers—which, as it turns out, the bloom is a little off the rose on all the streamers. That is not <laughs> right. the going to be the be-all end all. We are not going to, you know, bolt ourselves to our sofas and never leave our houses again and just watch streaming. It's a—it is an—it is an important medium. People watch—I watch streaming. It's a piece of the ecosystem. But uh, the so, but there's less being made. So that should we should be able to catch up. So, but it, it would take a year because it takes a year to make the movies year to year to year and a half to two years in some instances the so next christmas of 24 of 24 into going to 25 we could see some impact the the other short term impact we're seeing right now which is just making me insane is that uh the, the that the one of the restrictions on the actors happen with the well with the writers look at all of a sudden what happens all of a sudden the late night talk shows stop going fresh yeah now I promise you, in the last month, Tom Cruise would have been on every late-night talk show, and Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling would so have been you on. You every lose show. that marketing
0: aspect. So you, uh, you lose the that free mar- stuff.
1: Yes, the you lose that, and now even more challenging. Now the actors strike; they can't even promote the movies. Forget even whether it's late night or morning, or they're not going on the Today Show, they're not going
2: on any of the things that that we would have to promote I mean, the movies. At the Barbie premiere in London, didn't they just leave Leicester Square in the middle of it? It was like, oh, oh, okay, the strike's happening. Yeah a wave and then off went Margot Robbie and other stars. It's like, we we can't do this now. But, but I will say people are like, Oh no, here we go again. It's not, here we go again.
1: Because, we're not dealing with a situation where we can't be open or people aren't coming or any. We're, we're going to deal with a little bit of a product lag, and I don't want that. This I'll tell you, that here's an interesting dynamic about our business. It's a momentum business. It's one of those things where you're going to go, and you're going to barb and it up, and you're going to sit there, and you're going to be watching the previews, and you're going to see Haunted Mansion, and you're going to say, ooh, that looks good. I know I saw an ad for it this morning, and I was like, I saw it on ESPN. I was watching TV, but <laughs> let's cross-promote here a little bit. <laughs> I saw it on ESPN, and I was like, wow, oh, yeah, Owen Wilson's in that. And there's Danny DeVito. This looks really good. I'm going to go see this. But that's what happens. But if you're not seeing them, you're not seeing the trailers.
0: Greg Marcus, our guest, we've got to take a break here. I, I said this to you last year because I think you are around Maverick time when that was coming out. There's no way in heck I'm going to sit at home and watch Maverick or the Elvis movie. That's not happening. So the theater experience, I mean, you capture that brilliantly. It is just It's such a different way to watch movies. I don't want to sit in dark in my living room watching a movie. I want to see it and hear it and and feel it in a theater. That's what's great about it. It's engrossing. Absolutely. Maverick was, and I'm not a great big Tom Cruise fan. That movie blew me away because of the sound and the fury and the awesomeness of the story. That's what the theater experience is like. So look, I'm, I'm showing for Marcus Theaters. About I that?
2: love that. I love
0: that. Greg Marcus, I guess. We've got to take another break. God, I wish we had all three hours with you today, but we don't even have three hours because we have an early Brewers game. You know that. 11 o'clock.
2: All right. We'll
0: continue the conversation yes. after this. WTMJ Now. I always I always need more time with Greg Marcus. It, the hour goes too fast. And First of all, President CEO Marcus Corporation and... and you're a fascinating dude. Let me put it that way. You're just you're fun to talk to, and that's why I love having you in. And we we haven't done it enough. You were here last year talking about Maverick. So I, you were sharing some of your um, TikTok fame with us. Apparently, you do the Marcus. You're on the Marcus Center's TikTok accounts, and you're not. You're just the the star of these things. You're not producing them and all that stuff.
1: No, yeah, no. I'm, and I'm I'm only a star of some of them. I, it's, we have we have a great social media team that just here's the cl- here's the clue. Here's how I know they're really good. Is my kids tell me <laughs> like Dad, whoever is running with TikTok is real they really know what they're doing. They're really good. Because a, if, if you if you're over seventeen, you probably have not seen me on TikTok. And as I showed it to you guys, thank the Lord. because it <laughs> but, is. At it one is,
2: point you're full Barbie
1: dress. Oh
2: yeah. You've got the yeah. wig and the feather boa. Yeah. Uh-huh. You yeah. go all in. You're so game. And that's where I love that you trust your social media team to have fun and know that. It's a fine line between made fun of and being part of the fun, and these are so fun.
1: Yeah, no, they're really good. They, they have a, and they get really good traction. Like you know, like I've got like an Instagram account and a Twitter account,
2: and you know, it's like eh,
1: it's like I'm you know, we have ten thousand people, but that's not really talking to in, in in the big picture. You know, okay, we sell, we should we'll sell twenty to any in any given year twenty to thirty million tickets. If I'm only talking to ten thousand people, it's not enough. But these, some of these Twitter things I've had, some have got clo- 900,000 views <laughs> and 700,000 views. And so it's like, okay, if, if, if 700,000 people will watch me, or 300,000 in the case of the Barbie wig put on a wig, sure. You know what? I'll do anything to get people to come to the
0: movies. <laughs> <laughs> we, get your, twiz-
2: we get some of oh. your... We get some of your...
0: There it is. That's one of them. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Live from the TikTok video. Thanks for that. For that producer Brandon feeling in for Charlie today, by the way, momentarily.
2: Uh, we had some of your personality when we see the the preview trailers. I went to see Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny and got to see some of those trailers you were talking about. And that was the first time that I'd even seen the Oppenheimer trailer. My boyfriend's been hot on it for the past several weeks. So I was like, oh, okay, that was great exposure to the movies. I en- I enjoy all the trailers. I know they're big commercials for movies. But that's that's I my enjoy favorite part. I mean, <laughs> I obviously love the movie, but... I always insist my wife, Kathy, and I go so we can see all the, the trailers. And you sometimes you make an appearance. I was saying, then we get to see you, and, and you you are the embodiment of hospitality. This is your business, and this is what you understand. And it is fun to watch you on screen and and see that you are a movie fan just like us and that you do understand the connectivity of people being together. Yeah, that, that, this is an
1: example of, you're saying, you know, Greg, how did you get your head into the studio today because you put yourself <laughs> on these giant screens, you know. Well, you know, I'm. Don't you know who I am? You know, the joke is that you know. Oh, we got to find someone to figure out who I am because this guy, <laughs> someone doesn't know who he is. But the, uh, the what ha- what actually what happened was uh, in 2012, I was the United Way community one of the community co-chairs for the community campaign, and every you, know, you guys are seeing. I like to have a good time. I like to have a laugh. I mean, I'm I'm serious, but I like to have a good. But at the same time, I think you can do both. And I'm in the United Way office, and they said, you know. We're sort of getting the Greg Show every week. Would would you go on? You give us a free PSA. Would you actually go on the screens and do this? I'd never been on a movie screen before. And I'm like, yeah, you know, if I could welcome people to the movie, sure, I'd, I'd do it. And we started doing it. And at first, my parents' friends told me I looked really good. I said, well, yeah, none of your vision is very good. But, you know, everybody, <laughs> over time, it just sort of built. And we found that we were getting some traction. People were saying, you know what? You're adding something to the experience. I'm not driving people out the door, which is really all I cared about, and so we thought it was
0: beneficial, and
1: so sometimes you do something for the right reason, and good things happen because of it.
0: I'll tell you two stories. So you, you, you play piano on some of these things. I do. I started taking piano lessons last year, and I still, my teacher Shelly, we still meet once a week, take piano, and I love the instrument. I, I played trumpet for a lot of years. You inspired me to try oh, that. Awesome. I'm thrilled. Yeah, and I, it's a great instrument. My, it's a difficult instrument, and I'm learning how to coordinate my fingers and my hands together and doing different things at the same time. Did you play early in your life, or did you learn it later? I played early, but not totally seriously. It was about 15 years ago.
1: I was like playing the same thing over and over again, and I said to a friend, I need to, I need to find someone to study with because I'm sick of playing the same thing over and over. He said, i got a great guy for you, and his name is Mark Davis. He's the, one of the, he's the preeminent jazz educator and player in town. And I met with Mark, and Mark, I started, we all of a sudden became fast friends. To this day, I still go see him about well, once a week. I see him, actually, he plays over at the Fister in Mason Street Grill uh, on uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday nights. Ah. And... uh He's, he's, he's one of my best friends and we have a great time and he teaches me still to this day. And he's actually, I joke, I'm like, he's teaching me the same thing for the fourth time. (laughs) Unfortunately, I can't be able to relearn it. Yeah. What
2: what song is that?
1: (laughs) It's not just the song. It's all the techniques. It's all the different things. It's all the different parts. Oh, we went over this
0: before, Greg. I know. Well, you're (laughs) like this. I learned how to play Claire de Lune, which is is sort of a difficult song for a beginner, but I, I practiced hard and, and my, my coach, my teacher, Shelly, insisted that I practice. And I've kind of figured it out now. And, and when you've figured out a song on any instrument and put, play it for somebody else, it's like, hmm, I accomplished something. All right, yeah. I want to talk to you about Milwaukee. We'll take a break. You're in and around everything in this great city that we live in and work in. And I, I don't live here, but I work here, and I love working downtown. I want to talk to you about how you see the summer unva- un, you know, unfolding and your thoughts about where this city goes in the future. A lot of big things happening. Big stuff just happened last week with the Harley Homecoming. We'll talk to our guest, Greg Marcus from Marcus Corp. After this on WTMJ Now. Excited to have him in the studio. Greg Marcus, president and CEO of Marcus Corporation. Talked a lot about movies. Let's talk about Milwaukee. Huge weekend. Harley Homecoming. Now they're going to make it an annual event. You are in and around this city all the time. Figure on the pulse, as they say. How are we doing?
2: I
1: think we're doing great. I mean, this is this is such a cool city. We have so much going on. We've got... Great sports, you know. We've got great arts. We've got this beautiful lakefront. We have a huge amount of fresh water, <laughs> got, yeah. which is a, a benefit. No, winter is not my favorite time of year. But as it discovered as I've gotten older, I'm at a point of stasis because winter, you know, it, it's I like it a little less every year. But it but it goes moves faster because I'm getting older. So it's sort of I'm I'm even at this point with winter, and it moved, and I'm done with it quickly. So uh, no, there's lots of really good stuff going on. But you're right. I mean, I'm I am very involved. And I'm doing, and I, and I would tell you I do it for two reasons. One is because you know uh, if you have the uh, if if you've got the um, you know the you have the responsibility if you've had success to to give back. That, that's just you know you you have the that, that's that's just I think something we've always believed. My mom said you can't be a taker of the world, but also you know we've got these businesses and we haven't talked much about it. But you know we talked about the restaurants, the theaters, but the hotels too. You know the yeah. Pfister and the St. Kate and the Hilton. We can't pick these in the Grand Geneva. We can't pick these businesses up and move them. They, they, the Pfister ain't moving. It's here. And so we have to have a strong community, a successful community where people want to live and people want to work and people want to be entertained. If, if we have that, then that's that's good for our business. So, you know, it's 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 I, I will I'll be honest that it's I've got a sort of a two pronged approach to why I get so involved. But I mean, it's all the things we're seeing. It's 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 fantastic.
2: I have to say that I thought that the St. Kate Hotel was an ambitious project. You know, I'm an arts lover, part of Milwaukee PBS and the arts page. And I was impressed with, all right, this is ambitious. Let's see if it works. And, you know, I both fingers crossed. And, and then the pandemic came. But so I got to tell you, every time I walk through the St. Kate, I'm always stimulated by the different art because you have different exhibitions. But the bar itself is always packed, whether there's a show at the rep or not. There's, it's a thriving creative community. Like there are people just hanging out in that, in that lobby. Yeah. Oh.
1: And okay. Let's. What? Let's talk about
2: all the things. So your that vision we, has come together. Yeah. Well, you
1: know. Uh, first of all, my grandfather had a saying: the only originals were Adam and Eve. Everything's a copy. <laughs> right. There were models for arts hotels around the country, and so we started to see those. And people want experiential travel. That's a big thing. And so we were like, okay, what's we're trying to always think about? What's new? What's coming? And so we we owned the hotel. We said, let's let's try this. Let's let's see if we can get this to work. But it. Two things really that were very cool happened. First of all, it, it, look, it's a really cool space. But as I talked about, people want to be together, and whether you're into art or you're not into art, if you're into just being around people, having a good drink, and having a good time, the St. Kate is a great place to be. And then you might see something that might intrigue you, and that's that's a that's a win on all the occasions. So, as we talked about, people want to be together. The other thing that that really surprised me. It's beautiful. You saw it. I mean, my my wife spent a lot of time working on it with us because she's an artist and. It really turned out. It's so cool. We've gotten great recognition throughout the country about what a wonderful hotel it is for travel, for leisure, for business, because we have all these things. And I started reading the reviews. And I thought the first thing I would read would be, oh, your hotel is so cool and the art is so cool. You know what I read? Your people take such good care of us. At the end of the day, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's the Pfister and its beautiful Victorian, you know, with the Grand Dame of Milwaukee or I sure sort the of, I say the Pfister is the Mercedes S class and the yeah. and the St. Kate is the Tesla. The uh and and the Hilton is, you know, just another great is another great fashion think of, I should come up with a vehicle for the Hilton. I'll come up with one maybe by the time we're done. <laughs> um the uh the the but the St. Kate, you know, at the end of the day, no matter what it is, those are bricks and mortar. It's it's it can be, you know, paint on a on a canvas. But if the people take good care of you, it's going to work.
0: Right, real quick, we've got to get another break here. The, the thing I love about the Pfister, a gorgeous hotel, is they're there for an event for Best Buddies recently. Yeah. And, and sitting in the cafe or the, the lobby area, drinking a cup of coffee, just people watching, it's incredible. It's 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 one of those iconic venues in Milwaukee. So whether you have St. Kate's or going back historically to the Pfister, the great legacy, how old is that hotel? Which one, the Pfister? Yeah. Uh, 1893. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> you sit- go in there and it's like it still looks amazing. Yeah,
2: to sit in history and be a part of it. Yeah. They're both unique spaces, but in their own ways. All right. Yeah.
0: Final thoughts with Greg Mark- Marcus, president and CEO of Marcus Corp. After this on WTMJ now. Final minutes with the president and CEO of Marcus. Greg Marcus started the hour talking about Barbenheimer. <laughs> I'll probably see Oppenheimer first and then see Barbie. Because Is that the way to do it? I don't know if that's the way to do it. That's so how I'm going to do it. Actually, I read someone, told, someone said that. Because, you know, Barbenheimer, I mean,
2: Barbenheimer, I can't, I,
1: mean, <laughs> <laughs> I am having a lot of fun. The uh, the Oppenheimer is, you know, very heavy and very serious. Yeah. And Barbie is going to be a little bit lighter. So I think they said, see see Oppenheimer first and then Barbie. So, yeah,
0: so. But see them both. <laughs> yeah, you were making a great point during the break. If you can't get there this weekend, these movies are going to be around for a while. Yeah, you know that's what happens, you know, in this business, and especially, you know, every all the
1: promotions going into these first few weeks, and everybody's like, and all of a sudden it's like, wait, wait, did we just not forget the Dead Reckoning, the Mission Impossible movie? You got ninety six percent on Rotten Tomatoes and ninety three percent user scores, and it's like, that's a great movie. It's still going to be here, and so these movies will be around for the next few months, and the uh, the target audience. Let's remember, and it's a lot of people who are listening to this station. Because Is, this isn't; these aren't the kids' movies. These aren't just the superhero movies. These are the movies that you know people like our age go see. Well, I mean, I'm the oldest of everybody here, but you know, the, uh, the they'll be around. If you don't see it this weekend. Don't
2: forget about it. Go out next weekend. The th- Sound of freedom is a movie that's getting a lot of buzz and a lot of yeah. interest. Oh, I'll tell you the most interesting. Thing. This is crazy. In the movie business, we're typically happy.
1: The first weekend is the biggest weekend and then it starts to go down. It's just a question of how much in the smaller declines are like, okay, this movie's got we call it legs. Sound of freedom is like goes up weekend over weekend, which is you don't that doesn't ever happen. It is just catching people by surprise. And it just talks about the importance of word of mouth and mm-hmm. talking about it and just us talking and about it.
2: And powerful storytelling.
0: Yeah. He is Milwaukee's renaissance, man. I can safely say that. I, I sometimes claim that, but I'm not even in that league. Greg Marcus, always a treat to talk to you. Thanks for having me. I, you know, my office is down the block. I'll come over and tell me what. Oh, that'd be wonderful. Let's make that a more regular appointment because not an appointment. That sounds like it's clinical. We're
2: going to have fun. <laughs> 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 but I always afford to Doctor, the put the glove away. <laughs> Greg Marcus joining us.